And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's up from the dark side? Dun 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 dun. Wait, the dark side, like Darth Vader, dark side, or the dark side of NFTs? Absolutely. You know what? I need to get an NFT of Darth Vader. That's what I need. That's a good. You have a good point there. Do they have those yet? Yes. Oh, so much to talk about. So much to talk about. You know, we're going to get into that. But before we do, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Canva, where you go to collaborate and create amazing graphic design for free, whether it's a presentation to share an idea, a video to launch your business, or a social post to start a conversation. With Canva, you can design anything, including NFTs of Darth Vader, I bet. Might be I was getting ready to say that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know what I'm doing tonight. You can discover the magic of visual communication and how Canva helps you create a lasting impact today. Canva.com to learn more. There's a link in the show notes. So Matt, here we are. It is the seventh or eighth or I don't know. We're deep into this series about NFTs. And you know what's crazy is the NFT industry has changed dramatically within the context of this series. It's crashing, man. It's it's definitely uh, been down a little bit, although Coinbase came out now and uh, it supports NFTs and the Coinbase wallet. Yeah. So now there's like millions of new people can buy NFTs, but it seems like it's cooling off a little bit. A lot of it's crashing. I saw that the volume was way down and, you know, I don't know whose numbers to believe, but they're definitely down. I mean, a lot of it, I think we even predicted that a couple of weeks ago that on some of this stuff, like how does this hold water? Now, you know, that's not exactly what we're talking about today, but, you know, so let's do a little recap. So we started WFT as an NFT. That was on April 1st. Talked about NFT art on April 8th, NFTs in the music industry. And then we had a special edition where I got to sit down with NFL Hall of Famer Eddie George because in the middle of all this, they reached out to us and wanted to use Startup Hustle as the platform to announce their NFT series. So that was fun. We talked about the Earn NFT network and followed that up with the play to earn economy, which was interesting. I learned a lot about axes. Do people get their axes back? I think they lost their ass. <laughs> is that what? The, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Why is it, wow, that's the dark side has gotten to you with that reaction, Matt. <laughs> you, know, you know, we talked a little. I believe that you did an episode about tracking ownership of NFTs, or was that me? No, I did that with uh, Mario. That was awesome. He he was actually like a hedge fund, basically that invests in NFT stuff. That was a cool conversation. Yeah, and if you were listening last week, you know, I got to sit down with Ben Topkins and they are, so Matt, that was a, a team of AAA game developers, meaning like 
the best of the best, like from EA Sports and stuff like that. And they launched SkateX.io, which I thought was super cool. It's like a skate video game and your NFT is your skateboard. I thought okay. that was kind of neat. So it actually, but we, we were talking about some of the, the industry and everything, and that's like a tangible way to get in yeah. and play something. Um, so, you know, we, we might have to add a whole new episode. Uh, something you talk about how this industry is changing so fast. Have you heard about the new like move to earn? Like where you like you buy NFTs of shoes and then you go run in real life and you make money by running or some shit? Man, I'd be broke. <laughs> there's some there's some weird stuff going on out there, man. But yeah, you can buy yeah. NFTs of shoes now and like I guess it syncs to your fitness tracker or something. I don't know. Just craziness. I knew I knew you could buy NFTs of shoes because I've seen them on OpenSea. Just like some different Yeah you know, versions, being a sneakerhead that caught my eye. And, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. Now, you know, there's, we've had, okay. So with the ads that we've had for this series and a lot of different stuff, you know, I used one of my apes to make an ad and, and mentioned like the, for the ads for, to launch the series. And a lot of people in the comments on Facebook and Instagram were like, it's a scam. It's this, it's that. It's a way to launder money. There's all this crazy shit going on. And you know what? I mean, there might be a little bit. I mean, I think any industry, is there any industry for real that doesn't have like a little bit of a dark side? Well, especially an industry where everyone is anonymous. Yeah, right. <laughs> and oh, you can right. digitally transact money and sell goods anonymously yeah. with no track record. Yeah, seems fraught with problems. Well, not everybody. Well, you know, last week I was talking to, to, to Ben Topkins about that. And like one of the things with, so they sold out their NFTs, their skateboard NFTs, like almost instantly, like within minutes. But one of the things was, so we talked about this way back in the beginning of the series talking about being doxxed. So they were like yes. fully doxxed as founders. Like their whole founding team was very public. Like they've all worked for like Lucas films and like very well known. And that brought a lot of, a lot of cred, but we did talk a little bit about that. So anytime you get the anonymity, you never know. So I, I you know, do not want to be doxxed by the way. I want to be forever known as the other Matt and nobody really knows who I am. I off, I refer to you as the other Matt, like in almost daily. So don't dox me. I, I no will literally really tell people, let's say, you know, you know, my, my business partner and, and, and podcast co-founder, uh, you know, the other Matt. And I said, yeah. he probably calls me the other Matt. So that's probably <laughs> even more confusing than having two Matt's. And by the way, neither one of us can be mad at fullscale.io or Matt at startuphustle.xyz. So we're even confused. Yeah. So let's, Matt, let's talk a little bit about this. So, you know, the, the industry is, okay, so some of this, when we talk about the dark side, I mean, when we think about the dark side of industry or business, and I wasn't kidding, I think most industries have like little sneaky little bullshit about them. That's like you, okay, you worked in the car industry for a while. Is that one that has always high, has high reputational value? No. Oh, come on. You don't trust a used car dealer salesperson? Like it's, it's literally the term for a shady salesperson. <laughs> like it's the, it is yeah. the brand standard. So, but you know, every industry I think has, has a little bit of a dark side. Now, some of this stuff, you know, when you look at, um, NFTs and, you know, some of this other stuff with the industry, like, so we went and, you know, here's the thing is we're going and trying to do research for the show and we're trying to find stats 
And some of this stuff is like, okay, so where do you get your statistics from? Because there aren't a whole lot of people that are are tracking this. There's actually a company here in our hometown of Kansas City called Crypto Slam that keeps up with a lot of this, and they get referenced in a lot of articles. Oh wow! About yeah, I see them all the time. Like I, it, it, me just out looking for stuff for this series, I saw a lot. So Crypto Slam's kind of like running the, they're, they're like the feed for a lot of this stuff, a lot, a lot of the transactional data. But you know, so some of the stuff we found is that. And so, and once again, like I, it's difficult for me to attest to these statistics as being accurate because there is no governing body or any kind of standard. Like, I mean, some of this is, is just what other researchers are found, but they're finding that the top 10% of traders are performing over 80% of transactions in the NFT industry. Well, it's 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 like almost a way of gaming the system, right? Because in any kind of marketplace, a lot of a lot of things are based on volume. It's like there's thousands, millions almost of NFT collections. But you want to know, okay, what's hot? What's selling? You know, what 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 are the new things, right? It's like you take back those skateboards, for example, right? Well, if I was a guy who released those, I'd have bought like fifty of them myself, and then I would have just kept buying them from myself like every five minutes, over and over and over and over again. So it just looks like there's right. a lot of volume, right? Like you. You're just scamming the volume out there so that you show up number one on the on the chart. And it's no different than what people do to manipulate, you know, app downloads chart charts on Android or Apple, right? Like, hey, tell everybody you know to go don't download the app and and pump up the numbers. And it's no different. Like you said, this shit goes on and all over the place. But it's really easy to go on go on in crypto and NFT where everything can be automated. And if and if you're a computer programmer, you can write code to do all this shit and automate it. Like I could automate buying, we could buy and sell the same NFT back and forth to each other every minute for, you know, and, and make the price go up $1 every time and do it or, a million or times make a it, day. Or make it be trending on OpenSea. Yeah, so exactly. Like, so when you go to OpenSea, which is kind of like the stub hub of <laughs> NFTs. Now, let me define that. So, you know, if you go and buy a ticket for a concert or a sporting event, you might buy it at Ticketmaster which is a primary ticketing source, meaning that's a platform that teams, artists, and venues use to sell their tickets. Now, after that ticket is sold, if you choose to resell it, it has now entered the secondary market. When you buy a ticket from StubHub, which is probably the most famous site for that, you're buying a ticket that is not from its original source. So the the price can fluctuate. It could be marked up. It could be marked down. Now, we talk about the dirty side of different industries. Now, Matt and I both worked in or around ticket brokerages way long time ago. But this was a common thing with tickets is they would basically have fake sellouts. So they want to drive the demand and they want you to like try a couple times and not get a ticket. And then you try that second or third time, you're like, oh, wow, I finally got one in my basket. I better go ahead and buy this so I don't mess out. Now, what Matt's talking about is driving up volume. A lot of these things. So like if you go to OpenSea.io and you're there and you hit the button that says explore, it'll show you what's trending. That's like the very first thing. So this, these things kind of move up and down the charts each day. And I don't even know what drives them. It might be volume. It might be transactions. But I do know that when you're at the top of that list, there's definitely people that are just buying your shit because you're at the top of the list. And they're, they're speculating on it, right? And you've, yeah. you've minted some NFTs and there's some out on OpenSea. If you go to OpenSea and search for Startup Hustle, I think you'll find a few of them. But it's just playing around for all this. But they're not worth anything, right? I don't think anybody's bought nope. any of them. So NFTs have what they call a floor price, which is kind of the, the lowest price that has uh, somebody has bought one out across the whatever the collection is. 
So right now, those are all effectively zero. I could go on there right now, and I could buy one of those for $100,000, and then buy another one for $100,000, and another one for $100,000. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, these things are super hot. They're selling for a lot of yep. money. Meanwhile, I sent you three hundred grand, and you just gave it back to me. You're like, hey, Matt, here's yep. your three hundred grand back. You could just send it right back. And I could go buy them again. Oh, okay, now I'm going to buy them and- for one hundred five thousand. And, you just and if those fu- if those funds were acquired by us illegally, that would then be money laundering, because I would say I would say, oh wow, I created this art and yeah. I sold it for three hundred thousand dollars. Now I'll pay tax on it. Now the money's clean. That's how yep. money laundering works, and that's really all it is. Like if you watch Ozark on Netflix, that's all that dude is doing for the cartel all day. Yep. is bringing in fake forms of revenue and then paying tax on the income. And now it's quote, clean money. Yeah. So, so, that, so that's what comes up. That's what people are talking about with some of this, because there is some transactional history that has occurred. There was, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. We have a couple of, a couple of uh, examples with that. Yeah. So I think money laundering is a, is a big part of this. And honestly, that happens in the real world with real art too, right? Like a lot of the things that go on with, art with nfts that is kind of shady happens in the real world with physical art it's not much different physical art it has has long been the same sort of thing because it's sort of untrackable untraceable and what is it worth who knows it's totally speculative it's the same sort of stuff well when something's worth millions upon millions of dollars it's for someone with the right kind of talent or skills to reproduce that it's worth a shot and, you know, there's, uh, I don't have numbers on this, but I, I, I'm a document, document, documentary buff. And I, I'm also an art collector and I've, I've been fascinated. Like it's believed that like a huge number of the quote masterpieces that you think that you see in like actual art museums and stuff weren't actually painted by P- Picasso perhaps. And it's because it's once, you know, that people are so good at faking some of that stuff. And that, so that's essentially what NFTs are trying to solve. They're trying to say, right. hey, look, we do have this digital thing with it. All right. So a couple examples here. <clears throat> so this is the sale of unauthorized NFTs. And we talked about this in the beginning too. Now, this is the thing too, because like, dude, if I wanted to just take a picture of Watson and put it up on OpenSea, and sell it. I could do that, but I don't have the rights. I don't have your NIL, your name, image, and likeness rights, right? Ooh. So I could, I, I, yeah, you like that? You like how I dropped yeah. that in there? So here, so on January 22nd, 2020, The Guardian reported that French luxury group Hermes, like, you know, they make purses yes. and stuff like that, was initiating legal action against an American artist named Mason Rothschild over the use of the former iconic Birkin bags as digital tokens called meta Birkins. And I'm seeing a lot of this. So similar Nike sued SockX uh, in February of 2022 for using the Shoemaker's brand and iconic uh, logo to create uh, market NFTs. And, you know, it's just like, this is, so I see a lot of that, a lot of that on these NFT things. Like there's one, you mentioned the, the, the like walk to earn or run to earn. I mean, there was, there was an NFT launch that was just literally reproducing. It was had these little glitch videos of just popular shoes, all different kinds. That dude certainly did not have a license from Nike, Adidas, no. Puma, no. New Balance, all of them, but they put them out there anyway. 
Well, the, the Birkin bag thing you mentioned here, I've read about that before. And that's fascinating because you've got these metaverse projects like Sandbox and, and, and Decentraland and whatever that you can potentially buy digital goods in. So you get these crazy ass people that want to buy like a fancy purse in the metaverse, which I don't understand, but they do. And like you have people that are spend, I think, thousands of dollars buying these digital Birkin bags that are just a rip, you yeah. know, like she's, she doesn't own, she's not the company that makes the Birkin bags, right? But she just made an Im- a picture of them. That's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, I, kudos to her, right? Like, but yeah. Now now here's the thing, though. If, if, that, if you're functioning in, in a world of anonymity, you can hide behind a whole lot of layers of stuff. You could. You it could. makes it real hard to get. And then, you know what? Here's the reality. You might get a cease and desist letter, and then you just don't do another round of them, and you'll be all right. That You know, you that's know? the funny... So that's the funny, funny uh, thing about crypto, right? Is they come to you and like, oh, you've made millions of dollars uh, making these fake Birkin bags, or you've made million millions of dollars in profit off of Bitcoin. And you know what you can realistically say? He's like, oh, I lost my crypto wallet. It's all gone. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know what happened. I I forgot my 12 word phrase. I got, somebody sent me a link. I clicked on it. I was so stupid. I put my 12 words in. The money's all gone. Should I have not used the word password 12 times in a row for mine? <laughs> but really, you could still have your wallet and know who the hell knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> but you could so, be like, oh, no, I lost the money. It's gone. You know, it's a funny thing about wallets and NFT transfers I thought was kind of funny. So Elon Musk this week changed his Twitter profile to be a bored ape. And everyone now, the, now the ape that no one knows if he actually owns the ape that was actually used in his Twitter profile, but ton, but hit the wallet that did got bombarded Oh, geez. with everything, everything from dick pics to like promo ideas to like all of it. You know what? Which is, we, which is I kind of funny. Of that, but this is like the next generation of dick pics because you could go mint yeah. a picture yeah. in an NFT and that's the yeah. thing about this with NFTs is I could send you an NFT to your wallet. Like yes. if I know your wallet address, I can send it to you and there ain't yep. shit you can do about it. So that's yep. what I'm going to do. I'm just going to mint dick pics all day and send you. Uh, to me? Yeah. Well, uh, don't do it during a board <laughs> ape uh, NFT metaverse sale because the gas prices. Yes. If, if that's what you want to spend gas on, Matt, you can. So, all right. <laughs> So, so here's another one here. So in September of 2021, a fake Banksy NFT titled the great risk redistribution of the climate change disaster sold for over 300 grand. And interestingly, the fake work was advertised in an auction on Banksy's website. So uh, Banksy has an agency called pest control and the acclaimed street artist confirmed that neither was the art by him, nor was any NFT been sold on his site. So, you know, uh, you know, another thing, so phishing scams and suspicious pop-ups. So MetaMask, which is a very popular wallet, it's actually for NFTs is probably the most popular wallet. Uh, The users were recently targeted in a phishing scam involving phony advertisement that asked for users private wallet keys or 12 word security seed phrases, which is a big red flag. Don't ever give anyone those 12 words. Nope. Um, There are also fake malicious pop-ups that are operating via discord, telegram and other public forums that link and they look like normal login pages. Look, it's the same kind of shit that when you, I get them every day in my email about different stuff. Like, you know, your server company is not emailing you from a Gmail. So, yeah. Get a, but get anyway, a there's a lot of scams out there. 
So I have some more examples, but Matt, you know, I wanted to first remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Canva. With Canva, you can design your ideas with ease, get inspired with over half a million free templates and a rich content library that helps you and your team achieve your goals. You can sign up and start designing for free at canva.com. Matt, you know, a little fact here. I made the proposal for Canva to be a sponsor of this series and some other episodes of Startup Hustle. And I made the proposal for Canva using Canva. It's funny as, you know, I, I enjoy hosting a, a episode of Startup Hustle every week now and, and Canva has been the sponsor for a lot of them. And it's funny yeah. because most of the hosts or the guests that are on the show, I asked them if they've used Canva before and every one of them like has like glowing yeah. reviews about how I much know, they I've love been asking Canva. them the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. At so, one point, at one point I was the best graphic designer at our office just using Canva. You still might I'm be. I'm not sure if that's a compliment to our organization or not. It so you, br- you bring up a really good point earlier about the Banksy thing. And here's the reality, right? I could go and download every board ape NFT there is. I could yep. use Canva and I could flip the image. So instead of the ape looking left, he looks right or whatever. And then I could re-upload all those and sell them as NFTs. I could re-mint them. And could just change you, the background. Yeah. No, not and not even change them, right? Yeah. Like I just I just flip the image from one way to another or whatever and just and just upload them. And now they're basically fakes or whatever, right? And that's the problem is I don't remember the statistic, but it's like 80 or 90% of all NFTs that are uploaded to OpenSea are crap like that. They're fakes, they're scams, they're stolen, they're whatever. And in the in the original days of this, I guarantee you, if you go search Google, you'll find people who did this. People that that got stumped by that, like somebody downloaded yeah. a CryptoPunk or or Board Ape or one of them, and changed like one pixel of it, or flipped the image, or I didn't even change it. They just re-uploaded it and minted it, and somebody was dumb enough to buy it, and it wasn't the original. Well, well let, let's talk about that for a second because we've been referring to my apes. I didn't buy bored apes. I bought grandpa apes, which by the way, look exactly the same for like, like, uh, like a 0.01% of the price. They look the same and, and they're still NFTs. And honestly, they look better than the bored apes. If and you didn't I know any better, you would think profile. they were. I use them in my, dude, people keep asking me. Yeah. They're like, how much did you pay for the ape? And I'm like, a hundred bucks. And they're like, what? <laughs> How'd you get a, you got a board eight for a hundred bucks. I'm like, no dude, it's fake. It's like, a, you know, it's eight. like kind of like, it's, it's like a meta Birkin bag, you know, it's not, Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't the real thing. And you know, that's the thing is like, I mean, I have a few, I honestly, I, I, they look cool. They're fun. They do. I just, I mean, I wouldn't have bought them if it was, I bought them just out of the, for the experience of this series, you know, and I, you know, I wanted to use them in my Twitter profile. Now, here's the thing. Since I owned them and I own those images, technically, I did. I used them and I, I used Canva to turn them into advertisements for this series. And I promoted them on Facebook and Startup Hustle. And I got a really good reaction from and them. T- so thank you. Thank you, for Grandpa Ape. And what I was mentioning, right, is people take board apes and they look exactly like a board ape and they're like reselling them, but you're not buying the original, yeah. right? Where what yep. you're talking about is these are just pictures of apes. They're not, they're, they're truly unique art, but it's yes. easy for people to just get confused and potentially yeah. buy this stuff. That's not actually a bored ape. Just like you mentioned earlier, like, how do you know if Picasso made this or not? You didn't really buy a Picasso. I was but searching it looks for like bored Picasso. apes. 
I was yeah. searching for bored apes when I was doing my research and I was like, and I came across these, I was like, what I noticed there's other stuff. So I just went to open sea. I just put in ape and I went down yeah. and there, I mean, they, Oh my God, dude. Like it's like one, it, it feels like 20% of NFTs are ape related, which, you yes. know, I mean, I'm okay with that. I mean, I, I don't know. I've also, I've got, I've, I, what else did I get? I have, I have some ducks, <laughs> which, which the best, the most valuable thing about Wait, the duck is I, I've on. been able to send people duck pics. I was going to say, I, yeah. I, I take that back earlier. I'm just going to send you duck pics from now on. <laughs> right. And if you go to OpenSea and you search start a puzzle, like, cause I also, like I had our designers make a couple, like make a couple NFTs of us just uh, cause I wanted to see what it, like what it took. It, there was like, Dude, it, okay, putting some, putting an, creating an NFT for sale on OpenSea is as easy as uploading a JPEG. Yeah. Right. And then you can put it for sale. Now, minting yeah. them and using a layer generator is a much different thing. We'll talk about that in a different time. But yeah, so they our, our designers made a whole bunch of samples. Like, you, and the funny part was I, I, I told Andrew of uh, the, uh, our, our weekly host for e commerce. I actually made an Andrew NFT and named it Andrew number one. And then I transferred it to my wallet and I told Andrew that I would never, ever, ever, ever sell Andrew number one. <laughs> so <laughs> does that mean? All right. So let's talk about some more shady stuff here. Cause this is the one I was holding out for. So in December of 2021, a crypto punk NFT sold for $532 million and uh, in a way, it would have been, a, it, yeah, it would have, well, hang on, it would have been a record sale in the art world, but it wasn't because reports revealed that a major, a major issue in the transaction, the value of the NFT was actually pushed up by a single user who was both the buyer and the seller. I mean, first of all, kudos to that guy. If he's got $532 million in right. Ether or USDC right. or whatever to even pull this off, like, well, dude, damn. what about the exchange fee on that? I mean, so you was probably you, okay you with the gas. Do you pay five? You pay five million bucks to OpenSea just to do that? Because oh yeah, they charge a they charge a, a yeah. small fee. It's a, I mean it's a fee for Damn. it's just like any of these things that are so so that sort of trading has been kind of widespread in the NFT world because buyers and sellers can remain anonymous in the blockchain. The only thing that's public is the record, which is still verifiable. Now the wallets involved in the transactions are known, but the person or the user behind the wallet remains hidden. So since people can have multiple wallets, it's super easy. Uh, trading the NFTs can create an impression that it's highly valued when it's not. Um, you know, this rem you know, so much about NFTs honestly reminds me of a lot of the shit that ticket brokers would pull when I was in that industry. So, you know, you'd end up like, I mean, you'd have every person you knew under the sun with a Ticketmaster account and a credit card, so you could ship tickets to their house. And yeah. the ticket limit of eight was really more like eighty-eight because you had eleven mailboxes to do it, and then. You know, and that's the thing is it just wasn't difficult to do that kind of stuff. And, you know, honestly, the 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 funniest trick of, of, of getting around a ticket limit was just putting a. So if you live at one, two, three Main Street, just you unit one, unit two, unit three, unit four, <laughs> unit five to infinity, because a lot of people live in apartments and they can't like if you they're in a huge skyscraper of a building, they can't yeah. ticket limit the whole building of 10,000 people to just one order so 
I mean, a lot of this stuff was really gameable and really easy to pull off, you know? And it's like, it's the same thing with like, you know, the, in the ticket world, if you had a venue, like an artist that was way too big to play in a thousand seat venue, they just decided they were going to do a little show. It's like the supply and the demand economic yeah. of it just really blew stuff up. So, okay. How about tax evasion? So, dude. Been, I this mean, has been a big thing with crypto and NFTs in general. Cause like you were mentioning like, oops, lost it. Is that a write-off? I don't think you can lose. I don't think you can write off if you lose money, right? Just like you're like, oh, I had $10,000 in cash and sure somebody stole can. my purse. Can you, you can, write that if off? If it's an investment, if it's an investment. But not if you lose it. Not if you like it just lost it. That's different. Like I didn't sell it for zero. I lost it. I don't think you can write off a loss. I bet you can. I'm going to start bet, losing I a bet, lot of shit. I bet if you did, I bet if you did, you could sell that back to someone for a dollar and figure it out, you know, but well, so many, many, many crypto holders uh, over the years, and this has been a big thing. This is why government and, you know, this has been highly unregulated. So many crypto holders have taken advantage of the invisibility of NFTs to avoid paying taxes. And this is kind of a tricky thing. So, this has become NFTs exist only in the crypto world and they're not visible items by design. So in, in the real world, so they, they, it has a, a bit of a sidestep around some of the IRS stuff. So in the U.S., cryptocurrencies are taxed by the IRS as a capital asset, but not currencies. So as such, crypto owners are required to pay capital gains taxes if they sell their crypto for a profit or use it for a purchase those who are discovered to have attempted to hide their crypto earnings could potentially be in trouble with the IRS. So, I mean, is that like you buy my NFT as an investment and you're like, I don't know, like, I mean, how does that work in regards so, to like hiding it? I think there's a few things there. So for example, I want to create NFTs and I create a collection of a thousand of them or whatever, and I want to sell them on OpenSea. Well, first thing I can do is create a brand new wallet that's never been used before. And I would probably need to send a little bit of money to it that would be for gas fees. But you could use something like Tornado Cash and I could send money from one of my other wallets to that one and Tornado Cash makes it so it's untraceable. So now I've got you know $500 in Ethereum or whatever I need for the gas fees. Then I go list all the NFTs for sale on OpenSea. And then let's say I you know make $100,000 or whatever selling my NFTs. There is nothing that tracks that wallet back to any other thing that is me, the other Matt. So as long as I don't use that wallet in some way and connect it to, you know, Binance or Coinbase or something that has a KYC, like a know your customer thing, I've got $100,000 worth of money that I've made that cannot be tracked back to me that is tax free, I guess, until I try and spend it or I've got to figure yeah. out how to launder it, right? But if and you're then transferring crypto, if you transfer crypto to crypto in the way that you just described, and there's not the know your customer right. angle of things, then it's yeah. So now another another good example of this historically would have been like mining crypto. So like I have a friend that has like tens of millions of dollars, maybe more, of Bitcoin, and he got it all from mining. Well, if he mined it all and it just goes right to his wallet because he mined it over the last ten years. He's never sold any of it, never transferred it to Coinbase, never so transferred it to any exchange. Any money. Yeah, you haven't made any money. Uh, I mean, he technically hasn't made any money. And the same thing, it's all on an anonymous wallet. Like nobody knows. Yeah. Who the hell knows what he has? Nobody knows. 
Yeah. Right? So until and, you have until, until that transaction occurs later. Now, technically, the mom. Now, according to what I just read, the, if he spends it or sells it, that that marks a transaction. So, like one of the things, like you know, you hear people talk about their stock portfolio, and you know, the stock market just took a huge shit yesterday. Um, and people are like, I lost a million dollars out of my $10 million net worth. Not unless you sold something at the bottom of it. Cause you haven't, you don't make any, you don't yeah. win or lose until you sell. So you can buy something for a hundred bucks and it can have a value of 50. You haven't lost any money until you sold it. You just have a lower asset value or maybe net worth or something like that. Yep. That's why I'm holding on to these ducks. <laughs> Yeah, see, I all of my of wallets. I own, a, I own a couple of these ducks. I don't understand like how they're ever going to be worth anything. See, all of my crypto wallets would be tied to the exchanges. So if I ever tried to do some kind of crap like that and claim that I didn't have the money or whatever, because I've transferred money from my wallet to Coinbase and things like that, they could go back and say, okay, yeah. you did this with Coinbase. We have your KYC. We know you did this transaction from here to that wallet address. Therefore, we know that wallet address must be yours. Even though you claim it's not, we know it has to be yours. So. I have a hard time believing that the really smart people at the NSA haven't figured all that out. There is software actually to help do all of this. And yeah. um, absolutely, yes. Trust me, there's AI somewhere that if it hasn't figured it out now, it will. Yeah. Yep. So some of that now. Okay. So let's talk about, Ooh, dude, you ready? Dun, 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 dun. The dark web. It's the a thing. project. Yeah. All right. So you always hear about the dark web. The dark web is a real thing. It's not the standard normal internet. People use the Tor project or the onion router, which like basically pings your IP location into so many locations that they can't find the original source. That's how they hide from this stuff. But the Tor project is not, which by the way, was originally created by our government and military. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization that creates and deploys free and open source anonymity and privacy technologies for users who wish to keep their internet activities private from websites and advertisers. They sold an NFT artwork for $2 million. So the artwork was created by Itzel Yard, and it's a piece of generative art of a private cryptographic key used to create the first Tor Onion service. So the artwork shows the code. It's like, there's a lot of stuff in there, but you know, like, I mean, people are, so one of the first things with crypto is like, you remember the Silk Road? Yeah. Oh was yeah. It's like, a, I mean, like a very robust online drug marketplace yep. that, and by, and by the way, that, so they put that dude in jail for life. Like he's in like, not only in jail for life, he's in like solitary jail for life. As mm. like, you know, now here's the thing is he, th that dude's locked up forever, but 10 million of these other places are out there and they use crypto NFTs, all this kind of stuff to create untrackable transactions. So, you know, well, like, I mean, there's. And speaking of that, so we talk about traceability of the blockchain and crypto and all that. There are other blockchains that are untraceable, like Monero and um, Zcash and some other ones that it's it is untrackable. Like if I sent you money, there'd be no way to know that that happened and track it. And a lot of the Silk Road and stuff like that, I think they probably did take Bitcoin and stuff, but they also took other crypto like Monero. They totally took Bitcoin. Now, now back then, that was, that, that was still pretty early. 
yeah. in the history of Bitcoin. I mean, back when Bitcoin was like a hundred bucks kind of early. And, yep. you know, the thing was, is like people, that was a real mystery to people then. And now you, you said like a lot of this stuff's advanced in the tracking things ago. Now, now look, this wasn't on the list, but I want to talk. So we talk about the dark side of, I just want to talk about the general cash grab. Okay. Oh, so yeah. like, I mean, to Snoop me, dog. this is part of the dark side. Well, yeah. So now look, <laughs> Hey, if you can get it, get it, buddy, you know, but at the same time, like, I don't know, like, I, I think there were some people that were very well positioned and ahead of the game here. And, you know, okay. So if you're launching your NFT art project today, that's going to be a lot like the market's gotten a lot more finicky. There's, you know, it's flooded. It's fucking flooded, dude. Everyone has an NFT. We almost launched an NFT. We we're going to actually like make an NFT. We talked about it. We even designed it. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is just going to become a distraction because I didn't want to put anything out there unless it had tangible, something tangible that came with it. But there is a ton of stuff out there. It's like, dude, I swear everybody launched an NFT. Like it would be easier to probably list the people than entities and organizations and things and brands that didn't launch an NFT than it would be to mention the ones that did. There are so many brands out there that are trying to do this, by the way. So I just looked on OpenSea about Snoop Dogg. We talked about that in previous episodes Mm -hmm. because he made like crazy millions of dollars. The average price of those on um, OpenSea looks like it's down like 80 or 90% from where it was right around the Super Bowl. It went yep. crazy around the Super Bowl and that shit yep. tanked hard. Oh yeah. And and dude, honestly, so did all the NFTs that I bought just messing around with the series. Like, and I stopped that weeks ago. I Thank was you like, for you taking know, just, one for the team. Well, I wanted to see what it was about, you know, and I mean I'm just fascinated with this kind of stuff in commerce and business in general. I mean, I didn't I mean I didn't like I mean it's not like big, but and I was curious. I mean, if I wanted to understand how it worked, you go do it, you know? So I minted a couple, did a couple, you know, bought and sold a couple. We created a couple just to see what it was like. And, you know, I mean, we really did learn a whole lot. I mean, I had, I had a little bit of, I would have been a lot more fun if I like bought the board eight before it like went up 8,000%. So, you know, so some of it, so I think what, what we're seeing, so, I mean, once again, there's no real governing body on this. There's some definite influencers. Like you even have like Gary V who's been a yes. very, very progressive and big player with NFTs. Like I was watching a video of him. He's like, yeah, 95% of NFTs are going to end up being worthless. Absolutely. So, I mean, but that's the thing is, so if you are, so is it a dark side of something? If you're launching, okay, so you're launching something. Do you think Snoop Dogg cares that the value of those are down 80%? Hell no, he doesn't care. $44 million would make me maybe not care. And, and I think that, I mean, that's what you what you were, you mentioned a second ago, right? It's like there's a giant cash grab for some of this. And, and Snoop yeah. Dogg may honestly go down as like one of the biggest and best examples of that when it happened, right? Like massive cash grab. He just didn't make those people tales. buy those. He didn't make those people buy those. No. So that's my point. Like we no. operate in a free market economy. Yes. Like, you know, you know, we want to, we often celebrate the winners or sometimes chastise the winners. Now, look, here's the thing is if you want to spec, if you want to buy speculative stuff, like then, I mean, if you're going to walk into the gambling parlor, you can't be pissed if you lose and only be like only, 
be cool with it if you win. I mean, that's the way this shit goes. It's the same way. It's like, dude, when you went and bought baseball cards as a kid, you wanted that elusive rookie card. And when you got it, you're like, yeah, it's the coolest shit I've ever had. Yeah. But most of the other cards in that were loser players that didn't, that weren't worth shit. So what are you going to do? Sometimes, sometimes you get the rookie, the expensive rookie card. And sometimes you, you're happy with the piece of gum. I tell you what I'm going to do. Every time Elon Musk tweets about Dogecoin, I'm going to go buy more Dogecoin. Well, you need to, you're going to need to really follow him because I'll give you an example. When he did the board ape, the board ape post that shot the ape coin up by like 50%. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You know, I was just, this is go go back for those of you listening. Go back and check out the episode last week with with Ben Topkins, which was just an, a general, which was a look inside the NFT industry. And you know the thing I'm interested about. So we we talked a little bit. So you know, Board Ape just did this other world. They they sold the real estate. Yes. And, dude, they got five hundred million bucks out of that when it wait, came to wait. primary and secondary. This is what I love about the metaverse is you have like Decentraland and Sandbox and all these and they act like land in the metaverse is is so valuable. Uh, nope, there's unlimited land in the metaverse. We have more land yeah. in Ape World now. Like, yeah. this is Well, stupid. that's what I was talking to asking Ben about because we were just talking about the inside of the industry. And I was like, what are all these metaverses going to do? And, you know, the interesting thing's going to be is, is his opinion was the interoperability, like being able right. to like going from Canada to the US or going from other world to sandbox or wherever. Now, it's so funny because this is now the third time in my life that so when I was before the internet, it was like buy real estate, they're not making any more of it, then they made the internet. And then there was just like all of it. And then people were like, Oh, well, this is this is it. Now the metaverse is the next thing. And you know, I don't know. All I know is that I'm going to have a fake ape carrying a fake meta Birkin bag with my unauthorized glitch Nike shoes. And I'm going to be rolling in the metaverse and none of y'all are going to know. To some degree, think about, I think about it, I guess, like social networks, right? So you have Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and all that, right? And if you've got like just the right Twitter handle or Instagram handle, it'd be like worth more money because it's like, it's short, it's cool, it's, you know, whatever. And yeah, there's other social networks that exist and new social networks get made all the time and you can go buy that cool handle on those, but nobody cares. But if you're on Twitter, if you're at Elon Musk, like that's worth something, right? And to some degree, I think it's sort of the same thing. It's like, yeah, there eventually will come down to be like three or four of these metaverses that are the most popular and all the rest of them are completely irrelevant. And yeah, if you have land or you have the right handle, you know, that is well, I have a, I have cool. A couple, I have a couple. Sense, I have a couple. But... Com- yeah, I've got a couple comments about that too. Now, before I do that, before we wrap up this this inquisitive and interesting and informative episode on the dark side of NFTs, I want to give a big thank you to Canva. Canva.com. You know, you can work together from wherever, whenever, however, and you can get on the same page as your team with seamless real-time collaboration. So what are you going to design today? Go ahead and send that over to us. Share it with us. Make a cool design. We're still looking for fan art of Matt Watson. I still need someone to send that in. And by the way, if you're the one that sends in the fan art of Matt Watson, you're going to be, you're going to have legendary status here on Startup Hustle. You know, a couple of things, Matt, it's kind of fun. So I believe this episode will be out right around the time of our 3 millionth download. Holy moly. 
Three million, That's man. Crazy. You know what's crazy is it took four and a half years to get there. And now, and thank you so much to those of you listening, because now we're on a pace to have a million every six months. So it's pretty exciting. Thank you. Yeah. No doubt. I wish I could, I wish I could give you. all of them an NFT for listening. I'm going to airdrop all of our listeners a duck pick. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh it's a fucking God. duck, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I had a cu- I had a couple comments. You mentioned the metaverse stuff, and you know, like people going in and getting some of that. So when the internet first came out, and you know, there were people that were registering domains, like mm-hmm. I mean, like tens of thousands of them. And I'm sure they did okay on a lot of them. You know, if you look at some of the value of what those costs, you know, like a like a two letter domain, and it was speculation. A hun- that's a hundred thousand dollar purchase at a minimum and some of yep. them way, 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 way more. And you know, didn't porn.com or something sell for like $10 million a few years ago? I mean, yeah, no, that, yeah, for that, sure. that costs I'm... someone $10 to register at some point. Yep. So, you know, like there's some people that are going to be big winners. And then some of these metaverses, you know, keep in mind, these are things, this is software. And these are things that have to be built, maintained, they have to run, they have to be an economy. And if they run out of cash, they are not going to exist. So yeah, you will have I think invested that's going to be money. the interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. You will have invested money in land, fake land and a fake digital world that it's no longer. You exists. will have purchased a bridge <laughs> to some beachfront property somewhere in Montana, right? Isn't that how that yep. goes? Pretty much. Beach, beachfront, beachfront property in Utah. Ooh. Well, Matt. I'll sell you, you know, some real cheap. I bet you will. <laughs> so I haven't fully delved into the set list of our next in the series, which just says legit or bullshit. So that sounds right up my alley. We're, we're almost to the end now. Um, I think we decided not to make an NFT though. I think I'm just going to call bullshit. <sighs> you know what we should, oh, dude, I just finally figured it out. We need to have a paper, scissors, rock. NFT. Yes, there we go. And that's the thing. And it'll put you, we'll let startup. And for those of you listening that haven't been around for a long time, I once beat Matt like 20 straight episodes at rock, paper, scissors, like, <sighs> like the mathematical prop, the map, the, the math on that was like something that could never be reproduced. Didn't oh, you send man. me a picture of a die the other day that like had a scissors on it? And you're like, this is how I'm going to play going forward. So I'm yeah, it was like picturing a six-sided myself- die. I'm picturing myself throwing down rock and then you're like, hang on. And you like roll this little (laughs) dice and then you're like, oh shit, scissors. And then do I smash the die? Yes. Okay. I'm into that. So that's how it works. All right. I'm going to get to work on figuring out what's legit or bullshit. I'll see you next week, Matt. All right. See you. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.